Hoje eu preciso te encontrar de qualquer jeito Nem que seja só pra te levar pra casa Depois de um dia normal Olhar teus olhos de promessas fáceis E te beijar a boca de um jeito que te faça rir Que te faça rir Hoje eu preciso te abraçar Sentir teu cheiro de roupa limpa Pra esquecer os meus anseios E dormir em paz Hoje eu preciso ouvir qualquer palavra tua Qualquer frase exagerada que me faça sentir alegria Em estar vivo Hoje eu preciso tomar um café Ouvindo você suspirar E dizendo que eu sou o causador da tua insônia Que eu faço tudo errado sempre Sempre Você, com qualquer humor, com qualquer sorriso, hoje só tua presença vai me deixar feliz, só Qualquer frase exagerada que me faça sentir alegria em estar vivo. Hoje eu preciso tomar um café, ouvindo você suspirar, me dizendo que eu sou o causador da tua insônia, que eu faço tudo errado sempre, sempre. Hoje preciso de você. Sorriso Hoje Só tua presença Vai me deixar feliz Só hoje Hoje Preciso de você Com qualquer humor Com qualquer sorriso presença vai me deixar feliz, feliz só hoje Hey, Hicks, how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you, man? This uh, one of your little ones, huh? Yeah. This is number three. Three of seven? <laughs> three of four. Okay, three of four. Yeah, that's how many I have. Nice. Except for we have uh, we have one that's uh, coming here in December. So like a month, it's going to be uh, five. <laughs> Sweet. 
Hey, how are you? It's nice to be on here. <laughs> I know. Can't believe it. It's weird. It feels like my mission was a dream. I haven't talked to you since your farewell from Kaiko in 2004. <laughs> so what? Man, that's 11 years. Yeah. Okay. Go get so have you listened to any? Uh, I listened to probably three of them. The okay. last one I listened to was Meekum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I also uh, I listened to, uh, I guess it's Chafe. I always call them Shafeen, but yep. That's but yeah, I've listened to a couple. Great. So, um, how are you, man? <laughs> Good. Life is busy and uh, crazy, and at the same time, it feels like nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. So I guess let's do this. Um, we I guess we start out with the day after the mission, like you get home, and then we go uh, Reader's Digest Guide year by year until right now, and then we'll jump back to day one of the mission. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to have to give a little disclaimer here. I rem- I have memories, but uh, my timeline in my head is mixed up. Well, do you remember your your companions and your areas? I I, uh, I was going through right before this, and I was trying to figure them all out, and I got most of them. Uh, I may have forgotten a couple, but uh, maybe maybe you'll even know some of them. I remember the area and can can describe what was there, but I okay. can't remember, and I couldn't find in my journals the names <laughs> in enough time, so. But, okay, so starting from day after my mission. Yeah, you get home. Where'd you go? Oh, oh man. So I came back home to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Uh, that's where I left from. Did you have a girlfriend? Oh, man, don't you remember my girlfriend? I, I do remember your girlfriend. <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with that? That's the question. So, man, that was uh, – so I got Dear John, like – in Kaiko, uh-huh. let's see, it was at uh, a mission conference. It was a zone conference in Campina Grande. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Sister Geshwantner read the letter in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember right. I kind of knew it was coming, though, because I think it was uh, two months before that, I got a letter from my dad saying, I hadn't had anything from Andrea, and uh, I got a letter from my dad saying, we're sorry to hear about Andrea and that was it. I hadn't gotten her dear John. Oh, like, did did she get arrive. engaged or I don't, no. I don't remember any details by the way. She, she was just confused. I guess she didn't know who she was supposed to wait for. Okay. Something like that. I don't know. She was up at BYU, Idaho dating a lot. And uh, then the letters kind of tapered off after time. And uh, eventually, apparently a dear John came. I never got it. We were all, uh, I think you were there. I can't remember if it was you or Mateos, but uh, we were at Campina Grande, and uh, and I just got this letter from my dad that's just saying the normal stuff, and then just one sentence interjected in the middle there. By the way, Jess, sorry to hear about Andrea, and then he just <laughs> moved on. Okay. And we were all like, what is he talking about? Did she die? Did she, <laughs> did she dear John me? What's going on? Apparently he knows, but... Later on, I ended up getting a Dear John like two months later, an official Dear John. And uh, so, but the very last day after I left Kaiko, went back to the mission office, uh, there was a letter from her there that was waiting for me that said, hey, I'm sorry, I made a mistake.
kind of uh, broke things off with you, yada, yada, yada. She's excited I'm coming home and all that kind of stuff. So kind of a roller coaster going on there. I was over, then all of a sudden this letter. So it was kind of crazy. On your way home, you got that letter? The the last day in Brazil. Nice. In the mission office. It was right there. They said, <laughs> hey, this came in for you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it ended up uh, being not a good thing anyway. So we, uh, I got home. I grabbed my brother that was at home, and we went up to uh, Idaho to go get her and bring her home. She used to live in Albuquerque, but is uh, in Idaho now, and it was just a bad experience. She she was <laughs> apparently dating some other guy, but she was confused. Does she want Jess Pickett, or does she want this other guy? And uh, it became very clear to me that I was in the middle of a, uh, a love triangle type thing, and so I just I just broke it off after that, just said we're done. So uh, what month did you get home? What day or what? Uh, it was December two thousand and four. Okay. So left the nice warm Keiko to freezing cold uh, weather in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. You start but, school in, uh, in January then. Let's see. Yeah, I did start school in January. Got a job with uh, my brother's father-in-law installing appliances. Uh, so. Okay. Uh, putting in fridges and washer and dryers and all that kind of stuff. Started school at a community college here with the plans of uh, getting a business degree and transferring to the uh, to U- the University of New Mexico after that. Um, Is that in Albuquerque? Yeah, those are both in Albuquerque. Okay. Let's see. So that was uh, year one after the mission. Uh, I met my wife at the Singles Branch probably three or four months after that point. Um, and we started dating. We dated for about three months, and then we uh, got engaged for another three months, and then we got married. So <laughs> uh, this is only like six months after I got home, I was married, I think. Oh, wow. That's you, you were still on your mission, probably. Yeah. When I did get, you get home? In August of 2005. Oh, man. So I got married in August. Uh, <laughs> what day? August 10th? I was, home. I was home like on the third. So. Oh, really? Man, <laughs> yeah. you could have come to my wedding. I could have. <laughs> <laughs> so got married and uh, okay. and just kept on doing school and doing uh, work. And I don't know. It didn't seem like it was really eventful. I was happy. What did you like graduate I, in? So I never graduated. I, okay. uh, I did uh, two years at the community college, and it was supposed to all transfer over to the the, the university, there was yeah. a program, but I finished my last semester over there, and I go to the uh, counselor, and I'd been meeting with the counselor, different counselor each time at this community college, and the, the counselor said, oh, man, they didn't tell you six months ago? And I was like, what? It's like, they changed the program, and you had to fill out all this paperwork to get grandfathered in. I was like, you're kidding me. So... Everything I had done up to that point, nothing was going to transfer because they had redone the names of all their classes and changed <laughs> their criteria. So I ended up stopping after two years because I was going to have to do it all over again. And and so I ended up uh, just uh, getting a job in what I thought I wanted to do, which was insurance and financial type stuff. So that's probably – so that's already – man, we've already jumped uh, two years after my mission. I'm, I'm pretty efficient here. Yeah. Well, it's Reader's Digest Guide of every year. So just okay. skim through it. Yeah, so let me think. After that, so I got a job in insurance, uh, doing uh, financial insurance. Uh-huh. 
life insurance, uh, disability, and investment type stuff. I did that for about six months and found out I really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take too long. Then I went to uh, auto and home insurance thinking that was the uh, the golden nugget for me and you know, it's going to be a nice way to make a living. But uh, And there was a lot of good promises and stuff, but it didn't end up being what it was supposed to be either. I stayed there about three years and never made uh, more than my base salary, even though it's, you know, you're supposed to make as much as, you know, doctors, you make more than doctors and all this other stuff, but that didn't really happen. So the guys at the first place were kind of pursuing me. Um, the first financial place they kept on uh, harassing me, taking me out to lunch saying, look, we really want you back. We think you'll do good. So I finally caved, went back to them for another six months, did really well, but the, I still hated it. So uh, <laughs> I only stayed for six months and, uh, and then left. Again, at that point, I started working for myself, um, doing uh, investments and stuff. And it worked well when I was employed, but uh, it just crashed hard uh, when I did it for myself. Um, and so I kind of had a financial death in uh, my life. So we went through a bunch of financial times, our difficulties, lost to an investment house we had, the house that we were in. Had a couple more kids along the way. What year was and this? Now, was this with the crash and market? Oh, let's and see, stuff? man. Like 2008. Uh, we bought our first house uh, in 2006. Okay. The very end of 2006. I think it was August or um, somewhere towards the end. Okay. And uh, and we got in. Our realtor was telling us every time we'd go out looking at houses the prices were jumping for these same ugly houses by like five to $10,000 every week. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. And I said, Hey, are these prices going to go back down? She's like, no, they might slow down, but they never go down. So we quickly jumped in to try and not, uh, not, to, you know, keep on having to pay more money. And when I look back at the graphs of the financial, or at least the Albuquerque housing market, the month that we bought <laughs> our first house was the very peak <laughs> and then it kind of did a little zigzag thing and then it crashed <laughs> so then we thought we'd do better and get another house after that and make that one a rental house and so we moved into another house and that would have been uh 2000 uh it was the last day in 2007 they gave us all these deals yeah. to get in right before the new year so we got that house for a really good deal and made the first one an investment house that we'd try and at least make something good out of all of it and then the market kept on going down after that, and so that house, even though we had got it a really good deal after the next, let's see, five years that we stayed in that house, it uh, we went from having like $50,000 equity in the house to owing $50,000 more than, than it was worth, yeah. Than we could sell it for, yeah. Yep. So we ended up having a little financial debt during that time, and now uh, after that, we... Uh, or during that, I guess, we started our own business doing um, woodworking type stuff, getting lasers and CNC routers and uh, all the works and mm -hmm. and just kind of uh, create a little crafting business that uh, kind of we see as our uh, financial resurrection. Nice. You so, started that in 2009, 10? That kind of, uh, yeah, that kind of started in 2009, I believe. Kind of dabbled in it in 2009, uh, didn't make very much money, made like 500 bucks the first year while we were doing some other stuff and then uh, slowly started picking up and 
yeah. learned all those things I wish I had learned had I been able to finish uh, school. Yeah. I had to learn in those years, and uh, then it started started picking up, and we were blessed. Yeah, it was, um, your, so now, it was your master's degree that you taught yourself. It was my master's degrees I taught myself. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. Good. But so, so that uh, that pretty much takes us to now, though. You got four kids. Uh, got four with one on the way. Um, here in one month, we should have it, or any time, I guess, between now and a month. So great. We're up to speed. Jess and, Pickett's life in a nutshell. And your wife's name is Jess. My wife's name is Jessica. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's no excuse for anybody we meet to ever forget our names. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they do still. Um, any, like, callings that you have had? Significant? Um, uh... No, nothing significant. I mean, I uh, let's see. My first calling back was, uh, well, I was in Elder Scorn Presidency in the Singles Branch for the whole time I was there, the whole six months I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our, our, uh, I was first counsel in the in the presidency. Okay. Our president got called, and then he moved, like the next day, <laughs> to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, to pursue some stuff. But I thought he was coming back, so the entire time uh, I was in the Elder Scorn presidency, I never saw him. <laughs> but yeah. I was the first counselor, kind of running the thing without any priesthood keys and anything like that. So it was kind of <laughs> interesting. Then got married, got into, uh, they got me into scouts, yeah. and shortly after scouts, uh, they called me into young men's, did young men's for about three years, I think. Then they released me and called me to seminary, did seminary for almost five years, and after that, um, they, they released me, they told me I couldn't come back for the full fifth year, they kicked me out after the part of it, <laughs> and... Uh, my ward called me to uh, be the uh, primary chorister. Yes. <laughs> I thought they were joking at first. I said, you guys are kidding, right? And, I said, and they said, no, I, I think that's what we're asking you to do. And I was like, oh, don't you have to be a girl to do that? <laughs> and he says, I don't see why a guy can't do it. Yeah. So, Anyway, I'd never, I heard of other guys doing it, I guess, after that, but I had never done it before. I'd never seen a guy do it. And That's what you're doing now? No. Um, so I did that for a month and a half. Okay, nice. <laughs> I did that for a month and a half, and then they released me, and I was like, oh, man, what did I do? And they, just, they said, well, we can't tell you anything. Uh, just the stake asked us to release you, and uh, they, they won't let us tell you uh, anything why, what's coming next, or something like that. And I was just starting to like it. I was terrible. All the adults loved it because I was just so awful. <laughs> they were laughing the entire session of primary. And I would sweat and I would turn red. And I don't know why all those little eyes were making me so nervous. I couldn't remember the song. I was messing up the pianist. Uh, it, yep. was just, I just, uh, it was just rough, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I was like a hero at my kids' elementary school because all the kids there knew me <laughs> walking down the halls. But uh, after that, after, uh, they released me. I was released for about a month and wondering, man, what did I do wrong? <laughs> but then they called me to be a stake Sunday school president, and then after, and that's what I've been ever since. So that's been about a year. Great. I'm so. in Weeblos right now, and I teach the 10-year-olds uh, primary. 
So me and some other guy we team teach. It's great being in primary. <laughs> yeah. so, it's so good. That's right. When I was uh, my first calling, when I was an eleven-year-old scout leader, they also had me in primary. Mm-hmm. They they said that they could do that because eleven-year-old scout leader they were calling an assignment, and the primary class was a calling. So yep, some kind of logistics, <laughs> right? <laughs> Plus, they had us on activities committee with a. Uh, Another calling as specific activities just for the newlyweds. It was kind of a crazy uh, first year of marriage with calling. So, so my work, um, I work with Albuquerque. There's Sandia Labs in Albuquerque. Uh huh. And I have contact with some of those guys. And uh, last, or oh, a couple months, six months ago, I went down to the, uh, uh, what was it called? The Missile Range. The, uh, Lost, uh, what is that? Uh, White Sands? White Sands, yeah. Wismer. It was great. What's the city next to White Sands? It's kind of big. There's a university uh, there. Let me see. I don't, uh, I don't remember. I never go down that far. I've been down there one time is all. I flew into El Paso and then drove an hour up to um, some city there. Stayed there for a week and a half. It was great. <laughs> you liked it? It was not. It was in April, and I was out in the desert doing field work in uh-huh. White Sands. It was <clears throat> so bright. <laughs> like, oh, I know. You take off your sunglasses, was... and you can't see anything. <laughs> I know it's crazy out there. We tried to go sledding on the sand on the sand dunes out there when I was younger. Yeah, but we just brought uh, cardboard boxes, and uh, <laughs> we just sank in. We didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so we buried each other a couple times until we got too hot, and then we left. <laughs> yep. Yeah, cool. So. All right, let's jump. Day one on the mission. You're flying to Sao Paulo. You get to the uh, MTC. Who's your companion? How's your district? Oh, man, I got to uh, the MTC. My companion was Elder Richardson. Okay. You remember Richardson? Huge yeah, red, buff. He had red hair and he shards yeah. in. Yeah. He was, always, he, uh, he was always sunburnt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He was. He was. He was always sunburned. No, he was my zone leader in Natal, and then I think, I think that's right. He was some. He was a zone leader sometime. I think. I don't know, but oh, I know who Richardson you're talking was? about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Elder Richardson. That was good. Elder Watts was in my district. Elder uh, Craythorn. Um, mm-hmm. And I was looking at all their pictures today. Sweeney. Um, Eve, uh, all kinds of guys. Uh, but, yeah, we had a good district. My memory, uh, if any of those guys are listening, they're probably going to be offended I forgot them. But I, I really did, and I just looked at all their pictures and remembered them all. They just uh, – names have escaped me. Who was the district but, leader? Uh, you know, hard questions. Know. This is going to be a tough podcast. These are going to be hard questions. <laughs> These are hard questions. If you go towards the end of my mission, I might remember more. But okay. uh, <laughs> like I said, I remember faces really well, but names and stuff. Unless I uh, read journals and uh, come across them, then I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. I remember their faces, but uh, names are really tough. Yep. I think you're Elder Hicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> So two months in the MTC, anything stand out? Ah, oh, man, the MTC was a rough time for me. It, uh, it was uh, tough getting used to it all, tough being in Brazil, tough being inside that uh, MTC all day long. 
Uh, not really seeing any greenery, no grass, no trees, just all concrete. Um, we had all kinds of weird things going on. It seems like we had uh, two mission presidents there. Uh, the the first mission president he left halfway through, and then we got a new MTC president there. Um, had Christmas there and uh, had uh, New Year's there. So those are all you know. You leave your family right then, and you have those holidays right away. It's kind of weird, but those are actually pretty fun. What day did you like, leave? I left December tenth. Okay. So uh, December 10th in 2002, that would have had to have been. Yeah. But you know those ago. big fans? Do you remember yeah. those big fans that they have in there? Yeah. Ours would turn off at the – it was almost like it was on a timer. It would turn off every night like at 1030. <laughs> and it would stay off the entire night, and it would start back up again at like 8 a.m. And, and you're so there in just, the summertime in, in South Carolina. Yeah, it was hot. We would just sit there, and we would just sweat. All night long, and we'd tell them our fan's not working. The repair guy would come. He'd say, it's working for me, and he'd leave. And we'd, it, uh, we'd be excited it was fixed, and it just wasn't. <laughs> so Elder Richardson, I had a lot of fun memories of him in the MTC. He, uh, he was a funny guy. He would, uh, he's got a good Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Yeah. And he almost got us in trouble a couple of times because at like 1030 at night, he would go to, we were on the inner courtyard area. Okay. He'd go to the window and he'd start screaming out the window at like 10.30 at night. He'd be like, take my hand, get to the chopper. <laughs> Just all these Arnold Schwarzenegger things. And uh, then he'd get into bed and then the security guard would come run up the hall and check opening doors, seeing who's yelling and screaming. And yeah, he kept us all on our toes. He's a good guy. But uh, I remember being on my toes a lot. <laughs> so that was MTC. Um, I don't know of anything else that, uh, that happened. I Christmas, uh, we watched, that's the only time I got to watch, uh, full length movies with, uh, let's see, full length movies. Pretty much my whole mission was in there and it was fun. Yeah. <clears throat> All these missionaries together watching, uh, it's a wonderful life. And, uh, <laughs> let's see, we watched a couple of the Grinch stole Christmas, different ones like that. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for those movies beforehand, but, uh, when you couldn't watch them, you know, yeah, they seemed pretty funny at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I can't so. watch, what was it, Finding Nemo was at some mission conference. And, like, remember the Titans? I always hated, but I'd watch it on the mission. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And they seem entertaining when you don't get to watch any movies, huh? Yeah. So that was MTC. Um, that's all I can remember from the MTC. There's a lot of little memories kind of scattered here and there, but... Uh, um, then we went, I remember the first day that we left the MTC to go to, uh, Jean Pessoa, mm-hmm. they, uh, put us, got on these little planes. The only time I've been on little planes, I don't know why we were on these little planes, but, uh, you know, didn't, uh, pulling up to these little airports and, uh, then, uh, got picked up and got taken to the mission home, did some training over there. And then they put us in this, uh, this hotel that at the time when I first got there, I was like, man, this place is a dump. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like it's like man now we've arrived in the third world yep you know uh, holes in walls all kinds of problems later on my mission i realized that was actually a nice place yeah, it's a nice way nice <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could have slept there a lot of times <laughs> but went there said bye to elder richardson and went to my first area in uh, alto dos populares um with elder prado 
over there. And that was uh, a crazy time. In João Pessoa? No, so it was a Valle stake and uh, area zone. I don't... Alto dos Populares. <laughs> I don't recognize it. I, was... I just realized that that means like the height of the populars or something like that. Who knows? I was a zone leader in Valle, and I don't remember that area. Maybe they maybe they did away with it. There maybe was a lot did. of sad stuff that happened there. Okay. <laughs> Not to me, but like the people. I remember my first day I went out with Elder Prado and and I was so tired. I was just it just mm-hmm. wore me out. Yeah. We were just going and going and it was dark and we still went for like another two hours, it felt like. And yep. it just felt like a horror movie to me. I've seen all these people with missing limbs, people <laughs> with ice open eye sockets. Like dead horses yeah. on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. People like, you know, you remember the guys that would uh, get on the on the um the guys that had uh, uh, that were paralyzed, they didn't have wheelchairs, so they would use skateboards. So those guys are all walking around, and that was it was just so weird. And I was <laughs> so tired, and I couldn't understand anything going on. Yeah, and so I was just, and these guys just had all these skin diseases that we were teaching. <laughs> it was I, I felt like I had uh, just walked into a horror movie. <laughs> so did you have anybody else in your house, or just you two? No, there was uh, there was four of us, but I was the only. Um, American, so nobody <laughs> spoke spoke English. Okay, and so I felt kind of lonely. I think it was good for my Portuguese because I was forced to learn pretty quick if I wanted to talk to anybody. But uh, felt a little lonely at first too. Yep. But I think after the first week, I started getting the hang of things, and uh, that was a, a rough first week. But then it uh, started getting really good after that. How long were so. you? Oh, any standout memories from that area? Uh, there was a, yeah, I remember, um, a couple of people that we baptized there. There were some good, uh, members who would help out with the missionary work that, uh, we really liked hanging out with. Um, I remember one day we were coming home from this girl's house that, uh, we had finally, her mom gave her permission to be baptized. Her name was Daish, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, Daish or Daishi or something like that. But she finally, we had just talked to the mom. The mom liked the church, but had all these different uh, questions about it. And we were able to finally get her to give the okay. So she was going to get baptized on the way home. We were walking and there's this crowd of people and we're just kind of walking around looking and they all kind of disperse. And there's this dead guy right there. that had just been a fight. And, uh, it, something happened. The guy was dead and you know how it is down there. They're all used to it. So nobody calls nine one one or anything. They all just kind of stare. <laughs> And I remember that happening. That was kind of, that's the first time I saw a dead person other than in a casket, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that, that became common on my mission to see dead people that I felt like it was almost a strange uh, kind of, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of sympathy, almost kind of a weird sensation to not, you know, not to feel like it was so big of a deal to see that. Crazy. I know. You wouldn't think that I, I, I could just happen a lot for some reason. So that area, uh, I, only, I only stayed there for one or two transfers. Who and, else? Uh, what, what other Brazilians were in your house? Do you remember their names? You know, since they didn't speak English, I didn't remember them very well. Yeah. <laughs> Elder Prado, I don't remember the two others that were in there. Um, but Elder Prado got uh, transferred and Elder Pedersen 
or Peterson, we called him Peterson mm-hmm. on the mission. I can't remember if it's Peterson or Peterson, but he was my next companion and he stayed there until I left. Um, and then the day that uh, we had a uh, conference, or a st- it was some kind of big fireside at the stake center over in Baye, and the zone leaders, um, after this fireside was over, like at 8.30 at night or something like that, they're like, oh, hey, Pickett, we forgot to tell you, you got transferred, you're leaving tomorrow morning. <laughs> so I was like, what? So we spent the long night uh, going and seeing a couple people real quick, say quick goodbyes, and uh, then the next day I was transferred. And this is the area, I don't remember the name of the area, <laughs> but it was with Elder Eduardo, and uh, it was in the same zone as Padusada and Parque das Dunas, but it was closer to the stake center over there. Uh, and, was, it, uh, was it Santorin or? Yeah, it was Santorin. <laughs> Good. I knew you would know this. I knew. I, I couldn't find it, and I was panicking before this. I was like, you know what? Hicks will know this. People probably don't call you Hicks anymore, but that's the only way I know you. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So I got transferred to Santa Rain and uh, and with Elder Eduardo and Elder Eduardo was man he was a worker he was a um, what was his nickname like Pombal or something like that uh, yeah the Pombal something like that yeah Pombal because that's where he's from yeah a little place called Pombal or he was a little guy super happy little guy super happy we had the uh, he was a he was tough though because he wanted to try so hard to go and uh, to do the Lord's work that he was wanting to fast almost every single day. And I was, I mean, you remember how I looked. I was already a walking <laughs> bag of bones. I was starving to death, literally. Yeah. And I was like, I was trying to cite the white handbook where it says that you, fasting one time a month should yeah. be sufficient for missionaries. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Three days a week. Yeah. And, uh, and it was hard because I felt like I wasn't supporting our companionship. I wasn't supporting the work of the Lord. Because yep. I, I was like sneaking food, pretending to fast. It was rough. But uh, it was it overall was a good experience. There was one funny thing that happened down there, though. I remember the bishop asked us to go and check out uh, the Universal Church because a lot of our youth were going over there during the week and hanging out. Yeah. So we went over to this Universal Church. We had to walk like two miles to get to it, and we stood on the outside of it. You know how it's just kind of those big open buildings that have the gates that go down when they close? Uh, they were doing their whole thing where they, you know, talking languages and all this stuff. And then they have somebody stand up all possessed and they kind of make their way all to the front and everybody together uses their hands to cast the devil out. Well, when they cast this devil out, uh, Elder Eduardo's like, boom, and he acts like it hits him when we're out by the front door. And I was like, are you all right? He's like, oh, I don't know. I think I am. We start walking home. And he could not walk home. <laughs> he, I had to give him a piggyback ride for like two miles. And he swears he caught the devil at the cast out. We took him home. He asked us to give him a blessing. We cast out Satan, and uh, he was good after that. Of course, our, it, it didn't help because our house was right next to one of those churches. And every night we heard the, uh, we heard the chanting and all the, the stuff. It was, uh, and the music. It was pretty crazy, yeah. yeah. Haven't heard anything like that since. Nope. All the talking in tongues and stuff like that. After that, I got transferred to uh, Parque das Dunas. Yep. And I'm pretty sure I was with Elder Fabio. Were you in, in the uh, in the apartment on the second floor where your backyard's looking over like a field? 
You know, we weren't. There was two sets of missionaries for Park of the Dunas. Okay. The other set was in that apartment. We were in uh, the Pajusada house. Yeah, on the, by the church, by the street, um, by the church, right? Yeah, I kind of, yes, yeah, it was really close to the church building. That's like on Emigrant Cheese or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a fun house. I stayed there for like six months, huh? but they they I was in Parque das Dunas only for a couple transfers, and then I got to transfer to Pajusada, but I didn't move anywhere. It's just the area changed, right? And uh, stayed there for a long time, probably four months after that. And that was a that was a fun area, fun place. I got uh, I got uh, I turned into a senior companion there. Okay, um, I remember that area had really good meals. Like they they would feed you. Yeah, food. they had good meals. Uh, that's the only area on my mission though that we'd run out of water. You know, the water mm-hmm. in the streets would turn off, and you had your caixa de agua. Yeah above and we'd run out and that was miserable we had to every now and then we had to go to the bishop's house to take a shower because it'd been like three days <laughs> we had to wash our clothes we were just filthy and stinky and we'd go over there like can we use some of your water since apparently you guys have more so we probably ran them out of water now that i think about it you don't think about those types of uh, courtesy things on your mission you just use everybody <laughs> yep but that was a really fun area we had a lot of uh, pranks that uh, we always had four missionaries in that house uh-huh uh, always did a we. we so who were your companions? Good, good times. Go through some who you lived with. Who who were your companions there? All right, let me see if I can remember this. Um, in that house, I had Elder Fabio, Elder Novak, Elder Harding. Um, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Novak. Novak was in <laughs> Novak was in my house when I went to Park of the Oh, that's so. You must have gone shortly after I left. Then maybe I went there in like January or February of two thousand four. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But but no, you're asking the wrong guy about timelines. Yeah, I, I haven't. <laughs> this isn't my story. But this is, all I know is that it happened with Novak. We would play Uno every night. Like every oh, yeah. night. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. so funny. No, that we was, good, uh, was great. Good P-Day Eves in mm-hmm. that house. We'd get risk out. Yeah. We had a B problem. Did anybody ever tell you about the B problem in that wall by the school? No. Well, if you ever notice that wall, um, it's hollow, and all the top of the wall has been removed. Okay. And that was us not being the smartest uh, uh, missionaries in the world. But we had this beehive in there, and we didn't – worry about it because they didn't bother us but uh the school started complaining to us saying hey our kids are getting stung by these bees you got to do something they told us to go contact the fire department and they'll take care of it so we contact the fire department they said get uh two liters of gasoline or whatever their fuel is i think it was gasoline down there okay and they said and hold on to it and then we'll come at this time well, we had a lesson that went over, and we didn't. We missed the appointment. They didn't come, and we felt bad calling them back. So we just thought, you know, we'll take oh, care of it with this gasoline. Oh, no. So we go out there, and it's dark outside, and we just start pouring <laughs> this gasoline in this little hole. It was just a little hole that these bees were coming in and out of. And uh, we lit a match, dropped it in, and boom! No way. The top of the wall blew up. <laughs> and, and it just started raining bees. <laughs> And I, I, I haven't seen a lot of explosions in my life, but I swear that the wall became like, uh, it became, it wasn't solid and stiff. It like did this body roll type thing. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Dumbest thing I've ever done. I can't remember. 
can't remember who it was. Their their hair got singed from it. So it was Novak. Who else? I'm sorry, I laughed when you so said we Novak. Had, uh, we had Novak, uh, Hardy. Okay. Um, Elder Scott was one of the other companions in there. Elder yeah. Faustina was in there. Elder Bastos was one of my companions in there. Yeah, Scott was there um, when I was there too. Scott okay. was in Pajusada and I was in Parkadis doing this. Okay. We played basketball. There, I remember there was a little basketball place yeah. in uh, that area that wasn't too far from our house. Mm-hmm. The only basketball place I remember ever seeing on my mission. And they, the Brazilians, there was a lot of them that played there. Yeah. We had a uh, me, Elder Glauser, Elder Scott, some other like Elder Cloward, <clears throat> like all these tall guys that were over like six two. Uh-huh. Elder Elder Wallen, <laughs> Elder Wallen's like six five or something like that. And we were playing these Brazilians. They were just run circles around us because they were so fast. Uh huh. And, and we were just like in our missionary shoes trying to play basketball. It was pathetic. We lost to the Brazilians, and we oh, had this man. like we had this dream team too of all these tall oh, Americans. That's so funny. The Brazilians probably loved that. Yep. Even the Americans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's funny. Well, did you was Elder Faustino there still when you did? <clears throat> no. Man, Elder Faustino, he was he was the guy that played more <clears throat> pranks than any other missionary that I remember. He would. Uh, I've got a, a bunch of doozies that he did, and. Uh, <laughs> One of them involved the rest of that gasoline that we had. <laughs> well, let's see, let me, I'll tell you this one. There's a whole bunch, but I'll tell you the highlight one. Um, he would, in that house, you know how in most of the houses where the shower is, you have those kind of those slats that kind of let ventilation in, but they're yeah. kind of uh, angled so people can't see in. Yeah. He, and then on the other side was our washer and dryer, or yeah, like we had a dryer, yeah. a little wash tub thing. And he would go and we'd shower. And as soon as we're almost done showering, he'd go and uh, you'd hear this little giggle. And then he'd squirt something in there all over you, like mustard and our ketchup. He, he threw like uh, uh, laundry detergent on us, like right as you're done in this freezing cold shower, because we didn't have a hot water shower at first. We had, I think we installed one in that house. Yeah. An electric but, one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, another one of those things that uh, so dangerous. You know, dealing so with dangerous. 220 in the water. You don't use any electrical tape over your splices. Nope. It's just all open. And then you touch all this water everywhere. You touch the metal faucet and you get electric. You get shocked every time. Yeah. Oh man, I, when we get to Kaiko, you'll have to remind me of a good story. I think before you got there about that. But anyway, he was throwing all this stuff in, and we, he was doing it to all of us. He'd spend, like, his whole afternoon after we got home doing that until bedtime, just playing pranks on people. So we got fed up of it. So when he one day when he got in the shower, we all combined together. We grabbed the, the container of gasoline. <laughs> we had one of the missionaries, I think it was Elder Scott, we had him go outside and get to the power, the breaker box to turn off the power. Right when we said, go. And we filled up a little cup of gasoline and a, a, a cup of gasoline. And, and right when the lights turned out, we threw it under the door and lit a match and just <laughs> fire inside the, inside the bathroom. We just loved hearing him scream. <laughs> oh, it works because there, that house was completely made out of concrete. <clears throat> there was nothing to burn right. except for the door, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> But that was so funny. It was the greatest thing ever hearing him scream, and he never messed with us again, <laughs> at least in that way. So that was that area. 
<laughs> so you're a senior at that point. I got uh, called as a senior in that area. Who's your junior? Um, I think Novak was my first junior. Okay. And Hardy was my first per- or first and probably only person I trained um, was Elder Hardy. And then shortly after I got home, you were on your mission. He got shot in the head, right? Yeah, I saw him in the hospital. And Wasn't it in that area? No. A different area? Yeah, I think it was in Jolpasola. I don't think it was in Natal. Okay. I can't remember. I wasn't in Natal, <clears throat> I don't think. I was a zone leader, and we were at zone conference, or zone leader conference in Jolpasola, and he was in a hospital in Jolpasola, and we all went and visited him. That's crazy. Yeah. His companion just takes off running and he gets shot in the head. <laughs> it's the scariest thing ever. Oh, man. Yeah, no kidding. That's amazing he survived. Yep. Does he have, uh, is he doing all right these days, you know? I I haven't followed him. I think Meekum <laughs> said he was doing, uh, when he got back, he was doing like uh, conferences, stake center like firesides for the youth t- t- talking about his experience and stuff like that. Wow. Well, with an experience like that, you, you can do that. <laughs> How not to get shot in the head on your missions or so, I don't know. That's just crazy. I felt so sad when I found out it was shortly after I got home, but I was glad to hear he was all right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but that was uh there was one other companion. I can't remember his name. I only had him for one transfer there. I got his face right in my uh, uh, in my mind, but uh, I can't remember his name. American? Yeah, he was American. A real timid guy. Um, super nice, but very uh, very to himself and quiet. But uh, great kid. What month is this? Do but, you know? No. How long? How like, how old were you on the mission? Okay, so uh, let's see. That would have been six months on my mission. No, so I. I left that area at about nine or ten months on my mission. I think it was nine months. So nine nine months that would have been if I came in in December. What is that? I don't know. July. (laughs) And then there's two months in the MTC. I think I was counting the two months in the MTC. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was July. June or July, maybe, sometime around there. Okay. And I got transferred from there um, to Felipe Camarón. I got made a zone leader over there. Okay. Were you district and, leader before? <clears throat> no. Uh, well, you know, I was a district leader. I, I forgot that we even had district leaders because <laughs> the only thing that they did was uh, Interview. interviews. And then also seniors could interview, too. So everyone was interviewing yeah, everybody. So <laughs> pretty much everybody was a district leader. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I was a district leader, I believe, uh, at that point, but I don't know what I did. There was nothing I did different, so mm-hmm. there's no training. You didn't have gas to do anything. There was no extra responsibilities, so. Yeah. After you but, left yeah. the mission, they started having district leaders do zone conferences or, like, district conferences, and zone leaders didn't have to do any training or anything like that. It was great. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, it was great. Because that's, uh, that's the way – that uh, I think the rest of the world works. <laughs> <laughs> Man, President C. Marchese, yeah. <laughs> he gave us all a ride of our life. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah, I got called as a zone leader over there, and Felipe Camarón uh, had great members, but that was the scariest place of my life. 
I never want to go there again. Yeah. <laughs> we, there was just uh, all kind. It was just a. It's a dark. There was only two of us. That's the only house I ever, only area I ever lived in. There was just two missionaries. Okay. It was depressing, you know. Yeah. These I, poor missionaries. I never lived yeah, there's just nobody new to talk to. You had your companion. You couldn't come home and share stories yep. and, uh, you know, hang out. And so I'm glad it was only that one. I feel bad for our missionaries, like in our ward. They, they never will have oh, a be with uh, four. I feel so sorry for the Las Vegas missionaries in my ward. They're so bored. Oh, yeah. oh man. They don't have any stories <laughs> to tell. Like, what are they going to – I don't know. They couldn't do a podcast ten years later. <laughs> I know. I went on a mission. Two years later, I came home. Yeah. <laughs> I think I taught a person. <laughs> Those poor guys. I gave them a hard time, but. Oh, man. Yeah, so let's see it. Felipe Camarón, uh, the one thing I remember there is that we had a roach infestation in our apartment. And we'd come home, and our routine was to kill all the roaches we saw. And there was always, we only had two pieces of silverware in the house. We had a fork and a spoon. <laughs> and we'd open the drawer, and there was always a roach in the same spot every day. So we'd kill that roach, and that was our routine. Go in, get the silverware drawer, and always the same exact spot would kill them. Gross. But, uh, and we uh, one day got some poison. Uh, probably would have been illegal in the U.S., this poison we got. And we just dumped it all over the house. And then little did we know we had to evacuate because it was so awful. The smells and the next day, man, we had no clue how big of a problem we had until that next day. There was hundreds of them everywhere, and <clears throat> but we'd <clears throat> knock them off ourselves in the middle of the night. <clears throat> They're on us, and it was crazy. And we, that was the only time my mission that somebody broke in. Somebody broke in and was in between my bed and Elder Hibero's bed. Holy cow! And Elder Hibero woke up and he's like, "Get out of here, Safado!" Holy cow. <laughs> and we jumped up and looked, and they had pried our, our front door gate open. Our front door didn't lock, uh-huh. but, you know, it had, it had, like, this covered area, and it was a, a wrought iron gate, and they had bent it back. A guy had bent it back, and the other guy went in. And so they are just, like, right there in between us, right at our face levels. So that was pretty crazy. So, but then we just went back to bed. And... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing too out of the ordinary for Brazil. <laughs> Oh, man. No police to call. You call the police, the police will just find somebody they think is guilty and beat them up forever. Mm-hmm. While they're holding assault <laughs> so, rifles. While they're holding assault rifles, yeah. So that area, um, that was a, a crazy area. The branch president, uh, once again, he was a great guy, but he uh, that area was full of apostasy. There was nothing doctrinally, doctrinally sound about that area. The uh, The youth, none of them. All of them were on probation. None of them were allowed to take the sacrament or pass the sacrament <laughs> while I was there. And I asked them, why aren't you guys passing the sacrament? All the elders pass the sacrament all every week. I was like, why aren't you guys passing the sacrament? Oh, man, we're all on probation. I was like, why? Oh, man, we were out past Bishop's curfew of 10 o'clock. He made a curfew for us, and uh, he caught us one day after 10 o'clock, and but it's all a disciplinary council with all of them. And Holy cow. That's he a- was always wanting to interview our baptisms. We're like, you can't do that. You can't interview our baptisms for worthiness. You know, that's our job. And uh, it was just this crazy, crazy stuff there. Mm-hmm. Sacrament meetings were always about, like, the people that would go up and talk and they just give their history and stuff. They're all these gangsters. I'm pretty sure they shouldn't have been baptized. <laughs> um 
I mean, they were going strong then, but I'm pretty sure the first presidency was supposed to be contacted for a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, that had murdered people, uh, <laughs> sleep with automatic weapons under their beds, and they're just telling all these stories over the pulp, and you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> I'm glad that you've had a change of heart, but this is weird. You so know? you had you had a zone leader companion at that point, right? That was Elder Hibero. Well, I had Elder, uh, so... Elder Calderon was my first my first zone leader companion there. He um, he went home early. I think he had some kind of a cancer, so he got transferred after six weeks with him. I believe uh, he got transferred, and then he went home shortly after that. So when did they change zone leaders to be companions and then zone leader? Because when I was there, Dylan was a zone leader. He was my trainer, and he was my companion. Yeah, I don't know when they changed it because that's the first time I was called a zone leader <clears throat> and I had a zone leader companion, but we we're the only ones there. So, so maybe, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, because when I was zone leaders with you, I had a companion and you had a companion. That's right. <laughs> that was the only, yeah, let me think, yeah, that was the only time that my companion was also a zone leader that I can remember. All right. That was the only time. Maybe just because there was two in that area and the two were the zone leaders. Yeah, maybe President knew that that was a dangerous <laughs> area. Didn't want to put anybody else in yeah, there in right. harm's way. That yeah, was crazy. We had people, we, we'd talk to them one day, we'd get the names of their friends, we'd go the next, we'd set them an appointment, and the next day that person would be dead. That's crazy. They, would have, uh, they were, got robbed, tried to fight back, got shot and killed. That's in, uh, the, that's in <clears throat> Natal, right? That's in just regular Natal? Yeah, that was in regular Natal on the other side of the river from Pajusada. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a scary little place. But uh, stayed there for I don't remember how long. I think I left there and I went to Castello Branco in Trompasoa area, if I remember right. And uh, stayed in Castello Branco for several months. <clears throat> that was a good area. I really liked that area. It, uh, it was a lot cleaner. We had uh, a bayho there called San Rafael, and that was the only place that was dirty. And it was like, were you ever in that area? I was you... never in Juan Pessoa. <clears throat> That's right. I remember you saying that. <laughs> they had this bayho. Literally, they had this huge hole in the ground, just gigantic hole in the ground, like a mile wide. And they just stuck this bayho in there. <laughs> so... You got this nice area, all these nice apartments, all these nice college uh, students all living in this area, and then you got this bio that's uh, just down. You can't even see it because then that's whole. <laughs> it was really sad, but that's where most of our baptisms sure. came from because nobody else there. was ever around. <laughs> it's like going up in Schwalbenchi Trace in uh, in Keiko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let me think. There, who was my companions there? Elder Thorpe was my companion there. Okay. Well, you know what? I did have one other area. Uh, <laughs> Elder Thorpe wasn't my companion in Castello Branco. I had, I had another area that's totally escaped my mind. You, I can never remember my areas from the places I went to divisions for like two weeks long. And yep, yep. Those ones became my area. <laughs> uh, like, was there a, a, a place called Cabeza or, or uh, Ca, Cabello or Cabello? Bella, something like that. It was right on the beach. I was there for like a month. How about like an area? Cabadello? <clears throat> Cabadello. That was right on the beach, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I was doing divisions there. 
I'm pretty sure it was divisions. Man, my memory is so bad. <laughs> but I was there for so long, it felt like an area. <laughs> Are we into December yet? Yeah, we've uh, we've passed December. December was in um, Felipe Camarón. Okay, so what'd you do for Christmas? So Christmas, uh, we <clears throat> we didn't plan really well, so we didn't even have food on Christmas Day. Uh, <laughs> we had popcorn for all of our meals that day because <laughs> that's all we had in our apartment. Uh, let's see, we baptized on Christmas Day. That was nice. And uh, I think it was Christmas Day, the church, the ward had a um, a social. And so we got to have a little bit of food there, but they didn't have enough food and everybody brought friends and their budget wasn't big enough. And so the food was gone in no time. Yeah. So that's what I remember. It was, a, it was the simplest Christmas of my life. You know, no food. We had popcorn. Uh, it was just me and Elder Hibero there and, uh, uh, and the roaches. We had a lot of roach friends. But uh, that was Christmas. It was neat. It was, uh, we got to have a baptism on Christmas Day. That was kind of fun. The lady wanted to be baptized on Christmas. Huh. So nobody came to the baptismal meeting, though. That was the hard part. Just the uh, award mission leader was all. Do you keep, on uh, Christmas. <clears throat> are you Facebook friends with a bunch of Brazilians? Do you keep in touch? Uh, I have so many Brazilians that have um, friended me. Yeah. And some of them... Uh, I know who they are, and after a while, I, I thought they were just playing with my memory. I was like, man, I must know this guy because he's a friend of me, but half of them, I don't know who they are. <laughs> they just friend me, and I, I, don't have, I look at them, I read their stuff, and I can't figure out who in the world they are. Yeah. So I have a couple. Um, Elder Lopez, I like uh, seeing Elder Lopez mm-hmm. uh, on there. Uh, let's see, Elder Souza, maybe. I think that's it. <clears throat> I think Jainata at one point, uh, or her younger sister at one point, had fa- uh, become friends with me. But yeah, Ayata and Jadi. Ayata and Jaji. Yeah. So, do I need to hurry up? Am I no, going too slow here? No. What we're doing is we're at a year, <clears throat> or we're or at a year, so we're going to take a five minute break because I need to go pee, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I'm going to call you back. All right, that sounds good. And then we'll finish up the year. And then we'll talk music and food and Brazilian TV and whatever. We'll talk. All right. So no, there's, there's no hurry. I'll call you right back. All right. Sounds good. A gente não 
acostumar Ele vai viver sozinho Desaprendeu a dividir 